Thanks for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. Greg, how's it going? As always, Russ, I am feeling good today because we're podcasting. I know. It's always such a great day when we're podcasting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I look forward to Whether we're doing it in the mornings, I wake up in the morning, get my coffee. I'm excited. If we're doing it in the evenings, it gives me something to look forward to the rest of the whole day. It's, it's a good thing. Exactly. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful it thing. I actually had – so I today – Went for went to lunch because we're doing this in the evening. Uh, this is when we're recording. Right. So I went to lunch earlier today. Uh, well, that's with not a, new, uh, right? That's always there, right? <laughs> but I went to lunch with a friend that I that I've uh, actually a, a, we've known each other for I don't know twenty years or so, uh, and we were also like you know uh, we we had a great business relationship. It started out as a business relationship and it turned into a friendship. Uh, like right. it was so cool. Like we're still, we still keep in touch. He still runs his business. Uh, this was the entertainment company that I had and I did, you know, all, like all his events. I helped him set up actually, believe it or not, his FileMaker database helped him set that up. Surprises so far. You went to lunch and you set up FileMaker for somebody. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We had lunch today. Oh, cool. We caught up. It was When's it was the last time you guys uh, got together? We actually, the last time we saw each other was just before pandemic. Yeah. So it's been, yep, <laughs> it's yep. been some time and, uh, yeah, it was so cool. Uh, so cool to see him and to catch up and just like, it's funny, like you walk away from your business for years. Like I sold that business in, uh, 2009. I'm still friends with so many people that I, I worked with, you know, it's so funny to, to just keep those relationships, which is awesome. And I, I know like, that's what you do. I, I don't know if you, you actually have any coworkers. I think you have all friends. <laughs> what you are. I, I do develop really good relationships with the people that I work with. And I, I cherish that. I, and maybe that's why yeah. I have so many friendships I, because I do cherish it so much. Um, it, it's funny. You mentioned coworkers from a past company. I, I recently talked to somebody that I hadn't worked with since um, 1990, I want to say 1999, not oh, to wow. age myself, but yes, uh, right. <laughs> somebody right. that worked for me in 1999 reached out, um, through social media. Um, she had moved out of the area and she just recently moved back in and she still remembers how much I love sports. And she was saying that nice. she just went to an A's game and yeah, it was, it was really cool catching up, uh, with actually her and her wife um, both worked for me. Uh, they nice. met. They met while working for me, and they <laughs> since got married. Uh, they moved awesome. off to the Northwest, and they've now returned to the Bay Area. And it was really cool just catching up with both of them. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. I love like keeping those relationships with people. And I mean, I, I've been to different companies where I've brought people that I used to work with, you know, because it's like, hey, they're going to be great for this position. Let's just let's do this, yeah. you know. And it, it like it it just I don't know. It's so cool to to keep those uh, uh, relationships as you as you move forward. Um, okay, so I, I know that doesn't really have to do exactly with our topic today. I did this amazing segue. I've, I've been doing amazing segues lately, even if I do say so myself, but yes, I don't know have. if I could, I don't think I could make an amazing segue from that particular story, uh, over to what we're going to talk about today. But, uh, we've got somebody that's, they're actually writing a book, um, 
uh, about uh, kind of being overcommitted, right? Like how to transform habits and achieve life, uh, the, the desires, uh, the life that you desire rather. Uh, I know I totally screwed up that title. Uh, Don Davis, sorry for screwing up the title for your book there, but uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's great to uh, great to be on, and I couldn't say that I uh, agree with you more. That uh, lifelong relationships are absolutely critical. Um, and uh, you know, unlike unlike Greg, I would say that uh, I haven't had people in my career from the '90s that I can recall that have reached out. But I do have I do have a, a, a kindergarten best friend that I still talk to. So maybe oh, that wow. halfway counts in some nice. way. Absolutely. I, oh, yeah. I'm just curious. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to write this book and how the relationships in your past actually contributed to why you wanted to write this book. Yeah. So, uh, so it's kind of funny. So the, so September 30th was the launch date for the book. Um, it is actually available right now on Amazon for anybody that wants to go, you know, and check it out and, uh, you know, possibly get it. Um, but essentially I spend the early chapters in the book talking about my life in being overcommitted. So I'm somebody who actually spent a lot of time early on in my career, um, in what I would call being over overcommitted. And it, it, I would say it cost me a little bit in some relationships, but it also, um, you know, at some point I came, it came to a point where I was teaching at multiple universities. I'm flying around the world working for uh, GE healthcare at the time. And I started to reevaluate my life and just say, is this really leading me to where I wanted to go? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing that, that caused me to want to write the book was as the pandemic hit in, you know, April of 2020 was kind of the, the, the inflection point for me whenever I said, you know, Hey, look, this is the time for this particular book. Um, was the, that essentially we moved from this point where everybody is working in offices and things like that. And then in between meetings and other things, we essentially would have time to take a quick break and socialize and maybe stop and get a coffee and talk to people. Um, all of that went away. I mean, yes, you probably started to build a little bit more of your personal, personal relationships at that point in time, but there was also uh, uh, an overall pandemic or shortage of time that I saw people had and this overcommitment just, you know, started stacking up. And so that's what, that's what caused me to want to write the book and, and, you know, hopefully share with people ways that they can kind of get out of it. I mean, this is kind of also the perfect time to try and get out of overcommitment as well. I, you know, for me, like that's one of the nice things that came out of the pandemic was I realized I was a bit overcommitted to things and since the pandemic, if there's something that I don't want to do, I just don't do it. <laughs> you know, It's like I used to not want to like, oh, you know, we haven't been over to these people's house. They're inviting us over. It's like, OK, let's go. Yeah. If it's like a dinner party or something that I'm invited to that I just don't feel like going to, I just I just don't go. You know, some like, I don't know, something for the PTA or something. If I just don't want to do it, I just don't do it. I'll just donate. And there you go. You know, I just I, I just don't want to overcommit myself in ways that are not going to make me happy. There's so many right. things that I want to do. Like, for instance, this podcast we mentioned earlier, Greg and I look forward to doing this at night. Well, if this is what I want to do. I'm going to I'm going to do that. It's so it's, I have a different I have a different twist on this. Yeah. Since since the pandemic, 
because I'm not in an office and I'm more, you know, more remote and stuff, I've actually taken on more projects uh, and more activities in my life. And mm -hmm. I actually feel that because I have more time and I'm more flexibility, I'm becoming more overcommitted now just because I have so many new things that I'm doing that are fun. Like Russ said, you know, we've kind of mm -hmm. committed to each other. We're going to do things that are fun and we enjoy it. But there's so many things that I'm really enjoying right now that I have that I'm trying to fit into my schedule. It's really strange that I've kind of gone a different direction with the pet after the pandemic. So maybe it's maybe it's important that we take just a minute, though, too, and talk about um, the difference between being busy versus overcommitted as well. Right. Okay. So this is one of the things that I found as I was writing the book is like, look, I mean, there there are nuances to what I describe in the book that that I don't want somebody to walk away from and think that, hey, look, you're not going to be busy. Because a lot of us enjoy being busy. I mean, if, if you like what you do for work and you like what you do for fun and you're busy, that may not mean that you're overcommitted. What overcommitted is and the way I define it inside of the book is really two things. It's one sort of stacking things on top of each other in such a way that you can't possibly ever finish, you know, the, the two things together. You can't, it's not uh -huh. humanly possible to do the two things that you're defining. And secondly, they were leading kind of back to Russ's point. They're leading to somewhere that you don't necessarily want to go. So being busy, but but going in a direction that you don't want to go is also something that you don't want to do, right? So the mm -hmm. those two things become absolutely clear as a part of the the overall um, premise of the book as well that, you know, hey, look, there's a way to build the life that you want and still be busy and still, you know, enjoy that busyness because you're you're doing something that you love. I mean, that's so one of the right, dreams, right? right? That's <laughs> one of the dreams of doing something that you love. And yeah. there's so many people out there that you talk to that they haven't found that, right? right? They're working to work. They're working for a paycheck. They, you know, they have to pay the bills and so on, but they haven't really found a way to make a living at what they love or what they, you know, what they would enjoy. Is, is there part of your book that helps them evaluate and find that? Yes. Yeah. So we, so, I mean, the first part of the book actually focuses in on ca setting categories for your life. So what, if you were to think about the most important things in your life, both personally and professionally, what are those things that, that you really want to have, you know, and, and set, you know, some real purposeful goals around, you know, those categories in your life. From those goals, then you also have, you know, people that have this double booking, you know, kind of life that they're currently living. And so we break down a little bit the overcommitment dare is what I call it in the book. And essentially it's how do you think about delegating some of the things that are causing these, you know, scheduling conflicts? How do you automate some of the things? I mean, we live in a point in time where the computer can actually do a heck of a lot for us while we're, you know, trying to balance our lives. How can you reschedule, you know, the things that are essentially causing some of the issues? And then the E in, in DARE is eliminate. So how do you actually remove those things or move yourself away from them? And I also clarify in the book that, look, I mean, I understand that a lot of professionals can't just walk away from things. So that may mean, you know, you draw some boundaries for yourself and like never sign up for that thing again. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. but you you also sort of work yourself out of out of whatever the thing is that you wanted to eliminate at the same time. Oh, you had me at automate. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that because that's what I've always done to avoid like kind of you know doing the the overcommitment thing, right? Like I take on huge projects, but I figure out ways how do I make this so that I don't have to do this so that I can have more time to take on other projects and do something else. I think automation is a beautiful thing. I, I, there's a, there's a whole episode we did on that. Um, uh, Greg automation sensation. I don't know. Maybe we should, <laughs> we I'm joke about that one. Look because, that one up. I was yeah, listening to one for September. So I missed that. I missed one and that your FileMaker episode has <laughs> yeah, exactly. been hit as well. So Man, we're, we're bringing up all my episodes. Okay. Well, you know what? We should maybe take a short break here so people can go bookmark those episodes, you know, <laughs> There's your segue genius right there. There we go. We got it. We we are going to take a short break here and uh, we'll be back with more of the conversation on DIY for business. Thanks for listening and subscribing to DIY for business, a part of the best business network and Electricast Media. Go check out electricast.com for other podcasts like this business podcast. They've got comedy podcasts. They've got all kinds of cool podcasts. They've got that one last Saturday night uh, that you might want to check out as well. This one has like all these like stars, like celebrities. It was like Ed Asner's like last performance. Yeah. Uh, Sherilyn Finn. Sherilyn Finn. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's very Eric cool. Eric Roberts. So, uh, There's a number of big stars in this. Uh, and uh, show. we talked about pandemic earlier. This was all done during the pandemic. They had to like send out microphones and stuff in order to get this done. It was it was really cool. Cool story around it too. So uh, go check that out on electriccast.com. I don't think I've plugged that show yet on, on this uh, on this show. So there you go. I did something new. It's very <laughs> relatable and funny at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. So I loved what you were saying earlier, the, the dare. And if, if you guys miss that, Hey, you gotta, you gotta rewind and, and go listen to that. I'm not going to you know re restate what he talked about, but one of the big things that you talk about is creating, you know, uh, better habits. That's, that's a tough one. I mean, there's, there, there's obviously, I mean, I can get into the automation, the apps that are out there to do that, but what's your tips on creating better habits? Yeah, actually. So um, I'm going to I'm going to take a little bit of an aside again. And so the way that that I would approach this one is that um, so in the book, I not only describe what you can do for each one of those items uh, overall, I personally like books that that are not just sort of self-help books, but they also um, have some other step as well. And so I've created a website that essentially you go to. So if you go to uh, drdavisphd.com, which essentially, you know, is me, uh, you will find the overcommitment book and then the overcommitment dare uh, is also there. And what I've done is I've broken it down into an email every single day for a week that you get from me. Uh, and back to our automation uh, element here. So it's fully automated uh, as well. But in this for delegate, I essentially, you know, talk about what is talked about in the book. And then I recommend to you to create a list 
of things that you could go out and delegate to other people or work with. Maybe it's you've got to go work with your manager or work with, you know, your business partner or whoever uh, to try and split things up a little bit more. The same thing for automate, reschedule and eliminate. So uh, every day you get an email and then at the end we try and wrap it up so that it's, you know, all hopefully at a point where you can move forward. And what I call this is the the dare cleanse. So this is the, uh, you know, the cleansing of getting rid of the, the overall overcommitment that you have as well. Yeah, I think it's so important to make it a habit because mm-hmm. it's so easy to sometimes you listen to a podcast or read a book and you start something, but you lose momentum and, you know, it, it doesn't become a habit because, you, you know, you try it for a couple of days and it's not easy. You know, not, right. not, not everything's going to be easy in life, right? It's going to be challenging. And, oh, gosh, after three days, I don't know if I can keep this up. And people lose their excitement <laughs> and they just give it up. But I like the technique that you have because every day they're getting an email, they're getting reminded, and it's just building it into a habit without them even knowing that this is happening. And as as we know, if you just do it day after day after day, it becomes a habit, it becomes repeatable, and it's not so difficult anymore. It's not so inhibiting that uh, people can't start something new. So I love the technique that you're doing with that. Have have you gotten good feedback from the people that have uh, downloaded the, uh, the, the tips? Yeah, so I had some uh, initial sort of uh, pilot people that, that went through things and they said that they really liked this idea and the concept overall that 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 we have in the book that, you know, essentially it allows people to, to like you said, you know, build those initial habits. The whole idea is, you know, hopefully you wind up with something better than, than where you were before. Um, knowing that overcommitment is not necessarily an easy thing to, to stop either. And, um, you know, sort of late in the book, we talk a little bit more about accountability too, that, you know, it's important to have in not just the habits, but also have somebody that you're checking in with every so often, not that they're pointing a finger and saying, yeah, you're overcommitted again, but they're sort of helping you sort of be, just be accountable to the fact that your know, overcommitment actually could lead to um, you're not showing up for things that are critical. And, th- and that's what was happening to me. I mean, essentially, you know, I would show up to family functions with a full load of work to do or calls to do and constantly was one of those guys that would step away and, and take a phone call for work. And um you know, I felt like that cost me an awful lot in terms of the relationships that I had with people. And that's what I try and, you know, just reiterate to people. This is not just a, um, something that you have to fix overall in your schedule. This is also something that's costing you something else in in your personal, personal relationships as well. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the conversations I had today, you know, so the, the, the reason why I got uh, together with the, the friend that I, that I've known for 20 years was because, uh, so he's also in a, he's in a band. He's a keyboardist. Uh, he's like actually an amazing keyboardist. Um, one of the members of his former band just passed away. Oh. And so we, we you know, kind of had lunch and we talked about uh, the person that passed away a bit. And one of the things that came up was, well, you know, you never know. <laughs> we can have, we could have 10 days, 10 minutes, 10 hours, you know, 10 years, who knows how much time we have left. And it's like what you do, you know, with this time, like that's, that's the only thing. You know, it's going to happen, right? Like time just, time just happens (laughs) and you could, you could do with it what you want and you got to decide what's important for that 
particular time. And it's just sometimes you don't realize that you don't think about that. And then, you know, like this conversation today, maybe it's perfect that we're having this interview tonight because I had that talk just today. Now, okay, as a supervisor, as you know, managing people, I've sometimes found it difficult because I know my priorities. I know what's important. I know what needs to be done in a particular time. But sometimes people kind of chase away and just go off into the fun things instead of the stuff that it needs to get done. Uh, do you get into that at all in, in the book? And, and what's your tips for that if, if somebody is, uh, has, has employees or team members that uh, are, are dealing with that sort of thing, with that prioritization or misprioritization? Yeah. So the, I mean, I think there's, there's two levels of this. I mean, one, one bit of research that I'll talk about um, that came about from Microsoft as a part of the pandemic was that there's actually a third peak in every day. So if you think about it, whenever we sign on, sign into any Microsoft product at the beginning of the day, so Microsoft Teams is an example, all of a sudden at 8 a.m., whatever local time that you're in, there's a spike in usage in Microsoft Teams. There's a second spike that happens naturally right after lunch. Microsoft actually came out with some research that said, hey, look, there's a third spike now. There's a third spike that happens about 11 p.m. Uh, with the uh, individuals that are out there. Well, if you're a manager of people, to kind of go back to your question, if you're a manager of people, one way to think about that is that um, you actually could have people that are overcommitted that are using that last segment of the day to go get caught up on the next you know, next day's work or even the current day's work. And I mean, obviously, if it affects their sleep and other things, eventually this is going to compound and cause a, a bigger issue. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. Um, so, you know, from a management perspective, the first thing I would say is you need to be checking in with your people. And whenever you have those people and I've managed them before myself, where all of a sudden, you know, 1 a.m. you're getting an email, you know, a, an emergency email. And, or maybe even if it was a big bulk of work that you pushed off and uh, they went and did it, you know, throughout the, mi the middle of the night. And now all of a sudden you're getting the 1 a.m. Uh, email. It's just something to sort of monitor with your people and have conversations with them about, you know, hey, look, you know, I appreciate the hard work. I definitely do. Um, but I also don't want this to cause, you know, other issues later on. So, you know, I'd like for it to not be a consistent thing for sure. And want want to make sure that, you know, you get the rest that you need. And, you know, we figure out other ways to get the work done if, if that's the case. The second part that you asked me about, though, um, was also, you know, what about, if you're managing people and you see them taking tasks that are, you know, maybe not the ones that are, you know, most important or most critical. And I do talk a little bit about this in, in a couple of different ways in the book. One of them is just making sure that you um, sort of prioritize the key things that have to be done to drive the key goals for you personally and professionally. So it, again, we kind of come back to that categorization and how, how is it that you wind up, you know, in the right spot? If you're my, my manager, Russ, and, and all of a sudden I'm not doing the things that you need me to do, it could, could cause negative effects in terms of my career. And so mm -hmm. I don't want that to happen. I want to make sure that I stay on top of things. And then the last thing that I would recommend to people that also is in the book is, is this idea of, two things. One, time blocking your calendar or thinking of ways to set aside the appropriate amount of time 
to do the work that needs to be done. And so um, in this case, I would, I would go back to the place where I started, which was, you know, we used to have, you know, breaks between meetings and other things. A lot of times people aren't getting that sort of, you know, break time anymore. And it, that might've been whenever they would, you know, sort of prioritize these key tasks in terms of getting them done. And what, um, what time blocking allows you to do is to maybe prepare for that next meeting or prepare for, you know, a big presentation or getting, you know, key tasks, you know, done during the day. And um, I also am a, I'm a firm believer in the Pomodoro technique and, and um, you know, this idea of having just short bursts of work that you're doing, you know, 25 minutes or so. And whenever the 25 minutes run out, they run out. You're done, pencils down, take your break, come back and, you know, get back at it in 25 minute, you know, increments again. All of this is great, um, but I understand most of our professional careers don't line up with that. So you have to find, you know, yeah. ways to sort of weave these things in as well. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, you know, I want to get into a bit of the goal setting thing too. Like let's, let's dive into that a little bit, but first... We got to take another break here because uh, my Pomodoro timer just rang. Exactly. So we'll Our take a short. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's what I need. I need music to happen every time the Pomodoro. I'm going to work on that. All right. We'll be right back go. with more DIY for business. Thanks for listening to DIY for Business, a part of the Best Business Network and Electrocast Media. It's Russ and Greg with you here. Uh, I, last couple of podcasts, I've mentioned uh, rating the podcast, reviewing it wherever you are. Uh, please do so. It definitely does help. It gets us, you know, discovered Five by stars. other people. Five um, stars. And I, I don't know what that is in the background that I hear, but um, <laughs> if you could, uh, if you could rate us, that would be awesome. Uh, we've mentioned it a couple of times, and guess what? It's happening. So please do continue to go out there and do so. That and would be thank you, awesome. everyone, for the for yes. those five stars and subscriptions. Exactly. Well, subliminal message there. Even uh, you threw in three five stars. That's good. Um, <laughs> all right. So clearly, we have a goal here of uh, getting some <laughs> five star reviews. I want to talk about goals because. So I okay. Uh, somebody that that I know their their company told them um, you've got this goal. This is your goal. They thought that was their goal for four months. They say, "Oh, I hit my goal." They say, "Oh, that's not your goal. This is your goal." Like they didn't, they didn't discover the goal. Like it wasn't very, like a, a really like truly measurable goal. Like it, it, it's messy around goals at some places. And I, I wouldn't want to run a company. It was an messy undocumented goal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> undocumented. Part of the problem there. Yeah. And most people are not psychic. Uh, most people are also not magicians, so you can't make these goals too far out of reach. But let's let's get in the whole goal setting, specifically around like the the business side of things. Uh, what recommendations do you have on that? Yeah, so I mean, I guess the first thing I would say with regards to your friend, um, I would highly recommend that anybody that has a goal that it that is written down, well documented. And then th that there's some level of agreement with regards to the goal, especially if it's a business goal where you have a manager or whatever, and, and that manager somewhat has to come along, you know, in, in the goal, it would be, be good to sit down and write down, you know, the, the um, specifics around the goal itself. 
Um, make sure that it's measurable, right? Is it achievable? Uh, y- you know, at, at the end of the day, um, is it something that's realistic? And then lastly, is it time bound, right? So what's the, you know, the, and essentially what I'm, what I'm sort of referring to is there's an acronym called the SMART uh, acronym around goals. And I do talk about this in the book that, uh, you know, having SMART goals is important, but I also think that there has to be this sort of vision that you have for yourself that doesn't set goals just for the end of the year. Because it's easy to say, you know, let's say right. in January, right? So when am, when am I going to achieve my goal? Well, I'm going to achieve it the last day of December. Um, and I used to constantly, whenever I was managing people, I, I would say, well, wait a second. So we're going to check in a few times throughout the year and let's make sure that we talk about this as a part of the overall process. Because the last thing I want to have happen is you get to November and all of a sudden you're way off track. There's no possible way you're going to make it. And it's too late at that point in time. So let's have this conversation way early. But I also would say, then this is something that, that was a fault of mine. I was great at setting business goals. I was not so good at setting personal goals. And this is where, you know, I think a lot of us could sort of benefit it, you know, is what do we want personally? Do we want a, you know, highly rated podcast as an example? Um, do we want to publish a book? You know, those things could be great personal goals that that you want to go do for yourself for some reason. And it has nothing to do with your profession, maybe. Mm-hmm. By know, the way, that, I mean, that uh, acronym, the Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic, and Time-Bound. Uh, that's, that's the smart. That is, that is so smart. Just, Exactly. Well, I just wanted to show that I was smart. (laughs) (laughs) The the funny part about what you said about setting goals for, you know, personal life is that when you're in business, especially when you're a manager or you're a CEO, you're a boss, there's a hierarchy, right? And you kind of know, you know, what your relationship is with somebody. Wait, maybe you're a CEO and you're talking to one of your managers. You, You have a relationship. You know what you can do. Uh, in a personal life, it's it's different, right? You're you're a little worried sometimes about hurting somebody's feelings or how is this going to play out, you know, for the relationship. Uh, there's so many other dynamics that I think get in the way of setting, you know, more. Um, what what what's the word I'm looking for? Define goals for personal lives. And I think it gets a little stickier on, on the personal stuff. I've, at least for myself, I've found that being the case. It's a lot easier for me to do it in business than personal for, for those reasons. Do you guys feel the same way? Or is it just me? <laughs> no, no, actually, I, I, I kind of do. And, and actually, I mean, okay, going back to the whole smart thing, right? It, like, okay, I like to be specific, I guess. Uh, measurable is a little more difficult because I don't have spreadsheets in my personal life for a lot of the times, yeah, right? Like, it's a, it's a um, right? attainable. Well, you know, maybe not. You know, so yes, totally. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, and I could totally see why it'd be more challenging personal goals versus business goals if we look at it the same way. But it should be looked at the same way, like like Don's saying. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's definitely an opportunity for everybody. And and even though we don't have spreadsheets, right? I mean, it, it, there are ways where you could have 
a binary goal. Did I achieve it or did I not? You know, am I making progress towards, you know, getting that thing done or, or not? Um, but at the same time, you also, this is a bit where you need some of the, the individuals around you in your life sort of interacting as well with, with you in terms of the things that you're setting out to go, to go do. A good example is, you know, let's say if, if uh, you know, all of a sudden you wanted to do something that, that most likely would not be in your best interest. And um, let's say that, that the individuals around you would know that better than you because they might be able to see things that maybe you can't see, but they've never sort of pointed out, you know, that, hey, look, um, you know, maybe, hey, Don, you're not a you're not the world's best public speaker. And so this idea of you going out and being, you know, on stage with a million people uh, tomorrow is probably not a good goal for you to have in the next three months. Right. So, you know, sure, you could plot paths to try and get, you know, more and more comfortable with audiences, you know, as you grow throughout the year. But this idea of like filling a, a giant room full of people, you might actually have things thrown at you uh, and, a, and a big hook pulled off, pulling you off stage, right? So <laughs> the, the Sandman back in the Night at the Apollo. Uh, so, <laughs> and I think it goes back to the accountability thing, right? Having somebody that you talk to, uh, you know, on the personal side that you're accountable and uh, you mentioned public speaking. You also mentioned our goal of building our podcast. Uh, you also have a podcast. Tell everybody about your podcast. Yeah. So, um, so I'm a consultant in life sciences. So my, my job on a day-to-day basis is working with pharmaceutical companies and diagnostic companies in terms of bringing their drugs and diagnostics to market. So that's kind of what I do on a day-to-day basis and, and, um, do a lot of, of, uh, COO or, or chief operations officer kind of functions with them, everything from project management all the way through, you know, just essentially making sure that things are executed inside of the organization. When I stepped into this role in April of 2020, I'd hired consultants like Deloitte and, um, BCG and, and others, but I had no idea what a consultant actually did. I mean, it seemed like a cool job and seemed like something that, you know, where I could go out and help a lot of companies that are small to mid-size where my focus area is. But the key question was, how do I do that? And so uh, one of the challenges that I was given by one of my mentors was go set up, you know, five to 10 conversations with people that could be potential customers and talk to them about the problems that they have. And so that's where I started. In one of those conversations, somebody came back and said, hey, you know, I wish I would have recorded that conversation. It was such a great conversation. I took away a lot out of it. There, there's just so much I feel like I could use. Well, instantly in my head, what popped in was a podcast. So this idea of, you know, recording, recording conversations with the purpose of sort of bringing to light the things that people are working on in life sciences. And hopefully from the conversations, people walk away and say, well, I really want to go do that in my business. You know, this is something that a direction I would like to go. And so the, the podcast name is Life Science Success. Um, 
it's achieved global reward uh, awards and things like that uh, uh, for my category, uh, both from Feedspot as well as um, there's a, a life sciences global organization. So they've recently recognized the podcast as well. And so nice. I feel really blessed. I mean, I tell people all the time, look, I grew up in Indiana, uh, Northwest Indiana, and I don't think that listening to my voice is any great thing that people have to do. Um, I, so I, I attribute all of the the great success of the podcast to all of my guests. I really appreciate all of them for, for being on and contributing and for all the people spending time, hours, it seems like listening to episodes. Thank you as well. So, yeah. Congratulations on the success. That's wonderful to hear. Thank you. And, there, well, there, and there's another podcast you got to go get five stars too. Just, just saying. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, it's funny. So, so as you guys were saying that at the very beginning, I was thinking because I, mean, I mean, I always feel like being a guest on a podcast, you have to go listen to other. You have to listen to episodes of the podcast you're going to be on, right. Right? right? So I was listening to your episodes, and I subscribed. But I didn't rate the podcast, so I have uh -oh. one more thing. Oh, okay, uh -oh. all right. One more two, thing I have to do is I get out of here. So, <laughs> well, we have another goal to add. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. New personal we should, goal. We should probably mention the book because uh, since I screwed up the title at the beginning here, I'll let you say it this time. So the book's title is "Overcommitted: How to Transform Your Habits and Achieve the Life You Desire," and it's available at any bookstore. It's also available. Uh, on Amazon, you know, right now you can go and, and download it. Uh, if you'd like to get the electronic copy, uh, there's also a hardback copy as well that you can order. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. That was a lot of fun and very informative. Thank you so much. Thanks. And thank you for listening, subscribing, oh, and reviewing. You gotta remember that part. DIY for Business, a part of the Best Business Network and Electrocast Media. The subjects that we cover on the podcast are selected with the goal of helping your business grow. All of the information provided is opinion-based, and you might want to consult a professional to discuss your exact business situation. Greg and I, we want your company to succeed, and we are happy to take your questions. We also love to hear your suggestions for future episodes. If there's an area where you need some solid business advice or help, let us know. We might be able to build an entire episode around it and get your questions answered. You can reach out to us by visiting our website, DIYforbusinesspodcast.com. That link is in the podcast description. You can also check out all of our previous episodes like that automation sensation. That's right there on that website. We thank you again for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business, where you are not alone. Or Whatever Movies is our podcast. A movie discussion podcast hosted by yours truly, Iris, and my older brother. I'm Wesley. So we talk about recent and favorite feature films. In a brotherly and sisterly way. <laughs> is that good or bad? It's great. And between the two of us, we've seen thousands of movies. So check out hundreds of episodes at orwhatevermovies.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And subscribe to Or Whatever Movies, presented by Society 13 and the Electrocast Network. I'm Iris Ichishta, mother of two digital natives, CEO and co-founder of Tokens Collectibles and co-host of the Tokens Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeff, father of three digital natives and one of your hosts of the Tokens Podcast, where we cover a variety of topics. Topics such as digital collectibles, blockchain, Web3, 
and raising children who are digitally and financially literate. So if you're a little crypto curious and want to dip your toe into the Web3 waters, then join us on Tokens. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.